Welcome to After the Bell with your host, Laura. If you like what you hear today, please rate and review kindly. This show is a series of conversations with educators and learners to try and deconstruct some of the stereotypes around education. If you'd like to know more about me, please visit my Instagram page at EducatingLaura. Hello, this is the Friday blog episode and I'm changing it up a little bit today. So usually I read the blogs in order in terms of the oldest to the newest and I'm about three in. However, I read a new blog last night and I thought that it would be a really good opportunity to share it with you considering it is very current and it is a reflection really on the kinds of things that I'm finding really interesting in the podcast and where my interest is drawn when it comes to interviewing. So I thought I would share this with you. It's really been bubbling away for a little while and I like to write in order to process. And so this allowed me to get a lot of those thoughts and feelings out. So here it is. Emotional, intelligent, not mutually exclusive. I've been podcasting for a month now and the original urge I had for connection and community has begun to fade into the background to illuminate a greater focus. My interest in the journey of the individual and what influences impact us along the way. The more I talk to people in the episodes, the more I am pulled to what it was that crafted those decisions towards becoming an educator, the why behind taking the job, finding that passion or the desire for shifting a limiting belief. Of course, parents and teachers impact us some more severely than others, but what I am continuing to find is the social and societal conditioning that is coming into play for everyone in a much stronger way than I anticipated. I knew from my own experiences that I felt as a woman I needed to embody certain archetypal elements. As a teacher in the system, I was encouraged to act a certain way, show up both in the classroom and beyond with boundaries and an omnipresent sense of responsibility. As a mother, I have watched myself and other women struggle with the idea of needing more, not feeling maternal, to desperately want to sit quietly with a coffee rather than play with their children and feel the guilt associated from not loving every single minute of it. Because shouldn't we? Isn't that what we are told? So sure, subconsciously the knowledge was there and yet my life was so busy it was rare for me to bring the awareness to the forefront. Instead, I let it hover in the periphery like a fly that I would often swat away, an irritating buzz that I wasn't interested in really acknowledging. However, the more interviews I do and the more stories I hear, it is so apparent that we are deeply and often negatively affected by the greater conditioning within our society. Some buck up against it while others let it wash over them, constricting their choice and authenticity to the point that it is boxed up, filling a dusty corner somewhere in the darkness. Ultimately, however, what I have found is that it comes knocking. No one can get away from what it is that truly makes them feel alive. And the way they know they aren't being true to themselves in their own interests is that it just feels so hard. We feel shame and guilt and fatigue, the feelings we don't want to feel, the ones we busy ourselves to avoid. But bringing COVID-19, this pandemic has brought it all up for so many as the multitude of tasks and roles we had that allowed us to sit behind the mask fell away and we were confronted with our reality and our truth. As a mother of two young children, almost two and four, I'm in the eye of the storm here. The emotional storm. Unfiltered, unapologetic and primal emotions that spew forth at any moment, mostly from my children, although not exclusively, often with no reasonable reason or recourse. But as I kept hearing the societal constructs around what was a worthy career, what was appropriate for men versus women, 
what attributes were considered desirable, a measure of success by those I was interviewing, I began to see a pattern felt in my small bubble. Within my own four walls, I could begin to create a true teaching opportunity. Now, I'm not a psychologist. In fact, I studied literature, dance and biology, specifically physiology and genetics. I have no educational background here and I'm not by any means calling myself an expert. However, that is also another societal construct I think worth considering. Isn't common sense worth something? If you have experienced something and you know it to be true, could your advice be just as valuable as a person who has a piece of paper hanging on their wall? A controversial statement, perhaps, but one worth considering. So as I said, I have these sometimes volatile little people in my house with big feelings. Some are negative and some are positive, based on our societal standards. The emotions that make us feel uncomfortable are obviously bad, while the ones that give us a boost in endorphins are clearly good. But after the many conversations I have had, I wanted to peel back that layer a little further. Emotions just are. We are the ones assigning a label. I began to look at myself and the conditioning I had taken on societally. If my child has a tantrum on the floor, does that make me a bad mum? Does that make my children a problem? Am I doing a bad job? My natural instinct is to shift the focus or create a distraction. To hurry my children away was based on my fear of judgment of what people would think. How would it look? But truly, who am I serving if I do that? It certainly isn't my children by shaming their natural, albeit uncomfortable response. I could also liken this to the classroom setting. If students are sitting in desks quietly in their chairs, in rows, attentively looking at the teacher, does that make that teacher better than the teacher whose classroom appears from the outside to be full of chaos and calamity? And that's the thing. It's all from the outside. We make a judgment on what it looks like or what we have been told. It's normal and it's how it's always been done, but... What if that ceases to align anymore with what you know to be true? What seems like such common sense you talk yourself out of it because it can't be. It's too simple. It's not what they say. Obviously, I'm not the first to talk about the importance of using emotions as a gauge, and I'm definitely not the most qualified, but I am wanting to show you the journey that I have been on to get here. The unraveling of belief systems that were not originally mine, but that I absorbed because I live and interact here on this planet. To me, emotions tell us such truth. They can't always be logically explained away because they run much deeper than our conscious thought. They come up out of the blue, triggered by things we didn't realize were actually a trigger for us. My generation has spent a lot of time being told, don't cry, don't say that, and don't act that way. But what if all of these emotions, words, and actions allowed us to be authentically free, to see more clearly the path for us? Wouldn't it be beautiful to allow our children to behave that way? Hop on one foot if it felt good. Lie on the floor and thumb through a book, scream out of frustration without fear of judgment if that felt right, rather than telling them to sit down, open their books and pay attention. I can't change everything and in fact I don't really know how. All I have right now is a microphone and I'm talking at you. Trying to make sense of it all and hoping that I may create some sense or spark an idea in someone listening. I'm seeing in my own home, in my four little walls, that I can make a little change. I can encourage resilience and intelligence in a small way through allowing safety for my children in moving through their natural emotions rather than insisting they shut them off, rather than celebrating one feeling while shaming another. I'm trying to model the importance of feeling it all, acknowledging it all and offering strategies to cope in the moments, those uncomfortable moments. I do this with the hope that it allows them to do that, but also hoping that my own brain will catch up. Fake it till you make it, right? If we want schools to be a place to foster learning, to ignite passion and to develop talent and interest, and I think there needs to be a shift. A shift that focuses on creativity, on personal empowerment and the art of wondering. 
As I said, I don't have the how mapped out right now, but I do have the why. I can see it in everyone I have interviewed so far. I see it in my students, my colleagues and those closest to me. We are served up so many limiting beliefs based on a system entrenched in tradition and convenience at this point. I am hoping that we as a community can put our heads together. Blame and divisiveness don't create solutions. This pandemic has shown us that. Let's all strive to give our students the best, to give ourselves the best and to bust out of a system that is antiquated, despite the incredible teachers and leaders within it. Let these educators rise. Let the students be heard and let's create a society that loves to learn, has the desire to better themselves and is equipped for a future that may look very different from today. If you like what you've heard today, please share on social media, DM me or comment at Educating Laura on Instagram. Hopefully this allowed you to resonate with me, understand where I'm coming from and give some motivation for a greater hope for education. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.